Y'all grab a seat. So exactly a year ago, I looked completely different than I do now because I broke both of my wrists. And so I know what you're thinking. You're a grown man. How could you do such a thing? And it's exactly what my wife thought too. So I was on a trip and uh, I was playing some basketball and they were going on a fast break. And so I was backpedaling to cover the lane and I caught my heel and fell back and just both wrists. I felt like a complete loser, yes. And so for 12 weeks, three whole months, I like couldn't do anything. I couldn't drive, I couldn't dress myself, I couldn't bathe myself, I couldn't hold my son, I couldn't type, I could barely eat. And so my wife was a saint, she was unbelievable. She loved me, she served me, she drove me everywhere. She did everything for our son. She'd pick him up out of the crib and put him in the crib and feed him and play with him all while she's pregnant. So I'm super in the doghouse at this point. And really quickly, we realized that there are circumstances that we cannot solve as one family. We needed help. And so people came around us. And they loved us and they served us and cared for us and came alongside us. We had friends who gave us meals. I had coworkers who would give me rides. I had a guy I barely even knew who offered to mow my lawn. And that situation reminded us that there are certain tasks that are best accomplished, even no matter how hard you try, they're best accomplished by an army of people and not just one or two people. You see that in building projects. You can't drive anywhere in Dallas without seeing some sort of construction. It probably locks you up in traffic. You see it in buildings or in road work. My son reminds me of it all the time when he's pointing out, excavator, dump truck, bulldozer. It's not just one guy who's making all that. It's an army of people and vehicles. They say the Empire State Building took about 3,400 people to build that thing. We see it in disaster relief when disaster strikes. We saw it in the Gulf with Katrina. We're seeing it with our friends in Houston right now. The recovery and rebuilding of those cities cannot happen by just one person. It's going to take an army of people. There are certain tasks that are better served by an army of people and not just one or two. And another one that cannot be accomplished by one or two people, the building up of the next generation. The building up of the next generation cannot be accomplished by one or two people. It takes an army of people, and that army is the church. As a church, we believe that our role as the body of Christ is to come alongside you as parents and be another voice of what you're already teaching your kids. Parents, you're the primary disciplers, but we get to be on your team and to serve you by being another voice and an example to look to. Wes talked to the parents. I want to talk to the rest of us in the church. A verse that I share with our leaders a lot, I want to share with you this morning, is 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Because we loved you so much, we were willing not only to share with you the gospel of God, but our lives as well. The role of the church isn't to just share the gospel and tell the gospel, but to show the gospel to love and serve the next generation so that they will know and love Jesus by the way that we love them. We are the church. We, as in all of us, not just we in student ministry, we in children's ministry and the programs and the pastors. The church programs aren't the church. This building isn't the church. The church staff aren't the church. You are the church. You are the expression of hope and love that God has in this city 
in this generation to come alongside parents and students and families to be a source of love and encouragement to raise up the next generation. I get to tell this to junior high kids all the time too. You are the church. I tell them the same thing. Not just when you get older, not just when you have a family, not just when you get a job, because not just when you then don't have to do homework and can just watch Netflix all the time because that's what they think adults do. Not when you're just comfortable and you think you've got it all figured out. You are the church. God wants to use you now, and the same is true of all of us. You're the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Christ, the tangible, physical, visible expression of what relationship with Jesus looks like. You're not just called to be at church. You're called to be the church, pouring yourselves out and loving one another, especially the next generation. By God's grace, I had a guy who did this in my life. His name was Ethan Francis. For three years, he invested in me every week. I don't remember a thing that he said. Ethan, if you're here, sorry, bro, none of it stuck. But I remember he loved me. He cared for me. He consistently kept coming around. I got to see the way that he loved his wife. I got to see the way that he asked forgiveness when he blew it. I got to see the way he talked about Jesus. I got to see the way he lived out his faith right in front of me. And what's cool is I'm a product of his faithfulness. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't on a church staff. He just was faithful and available, and he loved me. And now I get to invest in his kids that are here, and I get to continue to invest in the next generation in them. And it wasn't just Ethan. I can point to a ton of guys in my life who were influential in helping me become who I was. Aaron, Michael, Carl, Greg, Braun, and they weren't professional Christians. They're just people who cared for me. They didn't just sit at church with me. They were the church to me. They loved me. They invested in me. They invited me into their life, and they showed me Jesus. The Christian life's not meant to be accomplished by one person or one family, but all of us as the family of God coming together to raise up men and women of God. And all of us have the responsibility to do that. Jesus says in Matthew 28, we call it the Great Commission, go make disciples. What are you doing to invest in someone? What are you doing to invest in the next generation? Look around you. Kids, you guys still out there? Where you at? Shout it out. Yell at me. That was pathetic. But you see, you see kids, you see students. That's the future of our country. Those are our teachers and mayors and doctors and dentists, people that are going to go, hey, how you doing? They're going to be accountants and artists, and athletes, and entrepreneurs, and tech developers, and role models. That's the future of the church. Why wouldn't you want to invest in that? Why wouldn't you want to give your life to them? So what do you have that you can give away? Some of you guys hear that question, or even here as we're talking, and you go, man, I, I'm not equipped enough. I don't think I have something that I could impart to somebody. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be a scholar or have the New Testament memorized or be a pastor. We're all ministers of the gospel as believers in Jesus Christ. And so take what God has given you and share it with others. Your life, your gifts, your time, your testimony. Just as we have been seeing all week in Houston, people have been coming from all over their country 
They've been bringing their boats, fishing boats, flat bottom boats, canoes. I saw a guy out there on a paddleboard. He's like, man, I'm, I'm coming to help. They're bringing trucks and supplies, anything that they had to come and love and serve others because they were hurting and in need. We live in a world that's flooded with hurt and sin and busyness and brokenness. People feel stranded and helpless and hopeless. Families are doing all that they can to point their kids to Jesus and you get to come alongside them and love them and encourage them to raise up the next generation for the glory of God. Discipleship's not a solo sport, it's a team sport and I get to be on your team as the junior high director here. I get to partner with and equip young adult leaders that come alongside families to love and encourage them. I see leaders use their gifts and give up their time most of them will stay with the same small group from sixth grade to 12th grade, seven years or even longer, and that's normal here. I hear emails and phone calls from parents who are exasperated and feel alone and helpless who now feel encouraged because they have someone who's come and partnered with them, not to just tell the gospel, but to give of their lives also. And we're seeing students' lives who are transformed because people are living out the call of discipleship and giving of themselves. We believe in junior high kids here, high school kids and college kids and kid kids in the next generation. We believe in how God's going to use them in the future, and we believe that God wants to use them now. We believe in them so much that we're willing to give of our lives to love them and call others to do the same because that's what Jesus did for us. He came and he dwelt among us. He spent three and a half years hanging out with 12 knuckleheads. He taught them. And he ate with them and he laughed with them and he cried with them and he lived with them and he died for them because he loved them. And he wanted them to have relationship with a God who was crazy about them. And while he was here, his disciples got to watch the way that he lived his life and they got to model their life after him. We, as the church, get to live out our life, live out our faith in front of the next generation so that they can model it after us. God working powerfully through us. That's the call of discipleship. That's the role of the church, and you are the church. And when we all come together to invest in the next generation, they are strengthened, the church is strengthened, and lives are transformed. The needs are here. We're busting at the seams. Kids are looking for someone that they can look up to, and they're watching you. And so I hope that you jump in with us. I hope that you take the call to make disciples, to be the church and not just be at church. I want to close with the story of a girl who grew up here. When we saw this thing happen, she grew up in children's ministry and then student ministry. She had great parents and great leaders, but it's because all of us as the church came around her to help love her that was what made her who she is today. And when we all take that call together to rise up, to invest in the next generation, amazing things can happen. Check this out. Hi, I'm Martha Kate McJunkin, and I have been at Watermark since 1999. My parents were a part of the first group that began meeting together with a couple other families. We had no idea what our parents were committed to. We didn't know um, what was going to come from those gatherings, but what we did know is that they were committed. 
my time in the student ministries and in the children's ministry for sure reshaped fun. I don't remember anything about the programs. I don't remember the 36 characteristics. I don't remember the crafts, the games, none of that. All I remember is that you guys loved me and you taught me about Jesus. Being at church was where I wanted to be. This was the highlight of my week. This was the place where I knew the most fun was going to be had and the most laughter and, and silliness um, and yet also love and vulnerability and trust would be experienced at church. So this was the place that I ran to. One night being in the student ministries, I was having a hard time. I had had a really hard week and a leader came up to me and started just asking normal questions, getting to know how I was doing, uh, what was going on, and she loved me well. And she did what was ultimately best for me, which she reminded me of what is true and how much God loves me. And it's still to this day a pivotal moment growing up. The fact that I am here today is a complete surprise to me. I had no intentions growing up of working in ministry, much less here at Watermark. And so it is really neat that the Lord spent all those years um, developing me in this place so that I might come back Thank you to all the leaders who have spent time loving on God's children. Jenny, Shannon, Sarah Beth, Melissa, Suzanne, there are so many of you guys who have spent time loving me and loving kids, and uh, it's just incredible to see what the Lord can do through you. Thank you, the Watermark family, for the passion with which you follow Christ and for showing me that church is not a place you just come to, but a place you live on mission and care about people like me.